0: those who devour Reba will stand, on Judgment Day, like those driven to madness by a touch of the evil. That is because they say trade is just like usury. But Allah has permitted trade and forbidden usury. Whosoever, after receiving a warning from their Lord, refrains may keep their previous gains, and their cases left to Allah. As for those who persist, in devouring Reba, their abode will be hellfire. They will remain there forever. Q. 2-275. Preface In my view, in the above verse and other verses on the topic, there is no ambiguity, which may lead one to any confusion, that business transactions within the parameters delineated by the profit, are unequivocally permissible, except recent innovative slash circumvented dubious transactions. Reba slash usury, however, in whatever type or form, discussed in detail in the preceding Paris, is unequivocally forbidden. I strongly disagree with the currently in vogue innovative easements, justifying the reba-slash-interest-drenched transactions, under the guise of lease purchase and loaning-slash- financing in the name of Mirabaha. I also disagree with the blatantly adduced assumption that taking interest is forbidden but not giving it contravenes an implied Quranic injunction, of not giving an increased amount on loan money, q. 3039. This assumption, re-slash-personal reasoning, is not only illogical but also negates the duality of creation, rule, Affirmed in the Holy Quran. Duality of creation. And from all of the fruits he made therein two mates, he causes the night to cover the day. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who give thought. Q. 13, 3. And from all of the fruits he made therein two mates, he causes the night to cover the day. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who give thought. Q. 13, 3. And a sign for them is the night. We remove from it the light of day, so they are. Left and darkness. Q. 36:37. These innovatively crafted distortions do not fit the doctrine of Mazlaha as well. Terms of the loans under Islamic financing ought to be dictated by the creditor, not the debtor. Q. 2 to 282. And of everything we have created pairs, that ye may receive instruction. Q. 51:49. Pair may be lay in a tangible form, in an intangible or conceptual form, such as man slash woman, day slash night taking-slash-giving or good-slash-bad, etc. He to whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth, no son has he begotten, nor has a partner in his kingdom. He created everything and ordered them in due proportions, q, 25-2. Singularity, monotheism, is exclusively Allah's attribute, nothing else, could-slash-would exist in singularity, nizubala. Notes, appearing at the end of certain points, in the preceding paragraphs, is the point of view of the author. Reba was prohibited gradually in four stages via Q, 3039, 39 4-161, 130-132 and 2-282. Kinds of Reba Islamic discourse identifies three different types of Reba, 1, Reba al-Fatal, primarily related to sales transactions, 2, Reba al-Naya, sales or debt involving deferment, and a variation of the previous 2, 3, Reba al-Jaliwa. Reba al-Fatal is the excess over and above the loan paid in kind. It lies in the payment of an addition by the debtor to the creditor in exchange for commodities of the same kind. The Sharia wishes to eliminate not merely the exploitation that is intrinsic in the institution of interest, but also that which is inherent in all forms of unjust exchange in business transactions. Reba al-Nasaya refers to the interest on loans, its prohibition essentially implies that the fixing in advance of a positive return on a loan as a reward for waiting is not permitted in Islam. Reba al jahiliya when a buyer-slash-borrower did not pay his due after the stipulated time, the seller-slash-lender would increase the price, and thus a higher principal amount, sometimes doubled, or more, would be imposed. According to Ibn Abbas, one of the major companions of the Prophet and earliest of the Islamic jurists, and few other companions, Usama Ibn Zaid, Abdullah Ibn Masud, Urwa Ibn Zubayr, Zaid Ibn Arkham, consider that the only unlawful Reba is Reba al jahiliya No textual-slash-hadithic authority-slash-basis cited. Muhammad Nezachullah Siddiqui. In his book Reba, Bank Interest, and the Rationale of its Prohibition, p. 41, offers a thorough work explicating the rationales of the prohibition of bank interests, and lists the following reasons justifying its prohibition. 1. Reba corrupts society. 2. Reba implies the improper appropriation of other people's property. 3. Reba's ultimate effect is negative growth. 4. Reba demeans and diminishes human personality. 5. Reba is unjust. These arguments are objectively scrutinized hereunder. 1. Reba corrupts society. Corruption studies or corruption-related literature does not identify interest anywhere as one of the determinants of corruption. Indeed, most of the Muslim majority countries rank high in the Corruption Perception Index, CPI. 11. Siddiqui's flawed logic can be identified by simply examining his first point, that Reba corrupts society. While Reba-based transactions are unjust and thus may have corrupting influence on society, but the corruption studies or corruption-related literature does not identify interest anywhere as one of the determinants of corruption. Indeed, most of the Muslim-majority countries rank high in the Corruption Perception Index, CPI. 11 But corruption-related studies relating to these countries done by either non-Muslims or Muslims have never identified interest as one such determinant of corruption. As we will see, Siddiqui's enumeration is generally not much different from the earlier ones by Abul Alama Dudi and Dr. Yusuf Ali Karadawi, using Al-Razi's arguments ad verbatim, and is as polemical as well as empirically unsubstantiated and untestable as ever. Only one rationale is identifiable from the Quran, exploitation-slash-injustice, zulm, If you do it not, take notice of war from Allah and His Messenger, but if you turn back, you shall have your capital sums, deal not unjustly, and you shall not be dealt with unjustly. La Taslamona wa La Tuzlamun. Q. 2-279, Hadith, dash, prophetic narrations, also does not provide in this context any specific rationale other than what is identified in the Quran. Note, dash one, it does not, by any mean, means that CPI index or corruption-related studies absolve Reba of its implications or represents an Islamic perspective in any contextual sense. Reba simply was not taken into account as a consideration. 2. Injunctive, hukmi verses, at times, may not necessitate any explanations, for these are slash maybe above and beyond the scope of human reasoning and logic. In terms of the use of Reba, Sudan is the strictest and Malaysia the most liberal state. 2. Proper appropriation of other people's property. Charging slash taking an interest, here, implies appropriating another person's property without giving him anything in exchange because one who lends $1 for $2 gets the extra dollar for nothing. Now, a man's property is for, the purpose of, fulfilling his needs and it has great sanctity. According to the Hadith, a man's property is as sacred as his blood. This means that taking it from him without giving him something in exchange is haram. p. 265. One can argue that, in trade, taking something from someone without giving something in exchange is haram, prohibited. However, the argument is misleading and erroneous. When a non-charitable transaction is involved, both the parties know what the lending and borrowing entail. The borrower is borrowing for some commercial or personal benefit and the lender is lending for profit motive. In such a non-charitable context, the lender is giving up or foregoing the purchasing power for a specific period. In other words, the lender is renting out the purchasing power of his slasher capital for a specific period at a cost, interest here constitutes rent that is paid by the borrower. The lender is getting paid, interest, for foregoing something, it is not something for nothing but quid pro quo. Note. Islam, in the first place, does not espouse the concept of non-charitable loaning but charitable one, karsasana, that may be administered by the state from the sadaqat collected. Allah will destroy riba, usury, and will grant increase, for Sadikot, Q. 2 to 276. Time value of money in Islam. Islamic economics slash finance literature generally denies that Islam recognizes the time value of money. El Gamal 2000, quoting Madhudi and Al Sadr. I, in Sharia, there is no concept of the time value of money. Usmani, e, P. 16. Some authors think that the time value of money as relating to sales, deferred sales, to be specific, is allowed in Islam. But that it is not the same kind of time-value of money as in case of loans. sadala M. Akram Khan cited in Vogel and Hayes, p. 202, others even suggest that there should not be any profit motive on the part of Muslims, seeking service from Islamic banks. Although, its equivalent is found in Murabaha, cost plus financing in purchase and resale. It has been conveniently ignored that accepting the time-value of money logically leads to the acceptance of interest. Said, p. 95. NOTE 1. It may be due to the reason that, the time is created and determined, finite, relevant only to the temporal realm, whereas the recompense for use-slash-misuse of money is indeterminable, at, this stage, i.e. temporal level, and relevant to the non-local domain only. The time value of money, in the charitable transactions, therefore, would render utterly irrelevant. 2. The question of the distinction between the nominal value and the real value of money, due to inflation, has also not been addressed in Islamic economic literature. At present, there is no economy without inflation. Inflation, in my view, is a derivative of the flawed global economic system, whereby mostly the investors and or the manufacturers benefit, reflected in different countries at different levels, representing overall state of economy. 3 and 4, Reba's ultimate effect is negative growth. And Reba demeans human personality. Supporting arguments. Dependence on interest prevents people from working to earn money, since the person with dollars can earn extra dollars through interest, either in advance or at a later date, without working for it. The value of work will consequently be reduced in his estimation, and he will not bother to take the trouble of running a business or risking his money in trade or industry. This will lead to depriving people of benefits, and the business of the world cannot go on without industries, trade and commerce, building and construction, all of which need capital at risk. This, from an economic point of view, is unquestionably a weighty argument, P. 265. Counter-Arguments. In modern times, commercial lending and borrowing usually do not take place involving an individual lender at a personal level. Rather, there are lending institutions that mobilize savings from individual and institutional savers-slash-depositors and channel such savings to the borrowers. The lending institutions have to work hard to solicit and pull the savings. They also employ people for the purpose. The primary source of banks lending is savings and demand deposits of the depositors. Demand deposits come from people of all sorts, irrespective of their financial status. A good part of the savers, who use a bank as a source of quick and safe return instead of risky and arduous stocks and bonds markets are usually risk-averse, older and or retired people. They want quick access to their savings with a guaranteed return on it. This class of savers consists of people of all ages and financial backgrounds, wealthy and not-so-wealthy, young and older slash retired. Indeed, these people can't be expected slash forced to engage in risky investments or laborious works to seek earned income. 5. Reba is unjust. Supporting arguments, dash. Permitting the taking of interest discourages people from doing good to one another, as is required by Islam. If interest is prohibited in a society, people will lend to each other with goodwill, expecting back no more than what they have loaned, while if interest is made permissible the needy person will be required to pay back more on loans than he has borrowed, weakening his feelings of goodwill and friendliness toward the lender. This is the moral aspect of the prohibition of interest. p. 266 Counter-Arguments, Dash This whole argument is contrary to the profit motive, recognized in Islam. Unless we are talking about charities, these arguments would be misplaced and erroneous. This would also imply that people in interest-based societies have lesser goodwill toward others and may not be engaged in enough charitable acts. Is there any empirical corroboration behind such comparative observation? Note, dash, in my view both, the pro and against, arguments are flimsy at the best. Profit motive sanctioned in Islam is through business dealings not through money lending for a predetermined period in profit. Islam, as mentioned earlier, does not espouse non-charitable lending. Some, Mezlaha al-Mursala-based opinions fatawa issued by earlier religious figures are being vehemently propagated by some present religious figures with unabashed assertiveness. The point, a bone of contention, that has divided Muslim scholars is, whether riba usury, and bank interest are to be considered the same-slash-equivalent or distinct? Equivalence Proponents One body of scholarly opinion defines riba to include not only interest but also transactions involving speculation— capital gains, monopoly, hoarding, and absentee rents, in other words, any appropriation of value for which an acceptable counter-value is not forthcoming. The reader can easily read through and conceptualize the implications of using more and more restrictive definitions, in the limit, to borrow a mathematic term, equating riba simply with interest. All the schools of thoughts of Muslim jurisprudence hold the unanimous view that riba, usury and interest are strictly prohibited. Siddiqui, p. 15, also c., Mabid Ali Al-Jarhi and Munawar Iqbal. Islamic Banking, Answers to Some Frequently Asked Questions, Islamic Development Bank, Occasional Paper No. 4, 2001. http colon slash 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 opensave.asp. pub equals 92.pdf, Tariq Talib al Islamic Economics and Banking, http://islamicworld.net/economic/economic_banking_01.htm The renowned Islamic scholar Dr. Yusuf Ali Kardawi holds that the question of prohibition of interest is a settled issue, and that there is no provision left in it for any reformist to reinterpret and provide an excuse for stating anything otherwise. He states that it is an issue which has withstood the test of consensus, Ima, of Ummah of the present day as well as of the past. Syed Tanvir Ahmed. Attempt to justify interest and in exercise in futility, HTTP colon slash slash www.islamisvoice.com slash April.99 slash economy.htm. Abul Duty defines REBA as the amount that a lender receives from the borrower at a fixed rate of interest. For a fixed time and transaction contingent on the excess on the principal. The transaction would be usurious whether it is for productive investment or private needs. Moduti, 1997 semi 164 the most explicit report of the Council of Islamic Ideology, CII, says, there is complete unanimity in all schools of thoughts in Islam that the term riba stands for interest in all its types and forms. Non-equivalence proponents. Those who have argued against this equation, the non-equivalent school, Ahmed p. 28, have not made their arguments in clear and convincing terms so that the common Muslims can decide for themselves. Thus, this discourse needs to continue more vigorously and engagingly. Note, in my view, as also enunciated in the preface, verse 3039 categorically settles the issue of non-equivalence of usury, reba or interest by stating whatever you give in addition to loan amount, is reba. Supported by a hadith narrated by Jabir, mentioned in Muslim and Tyrmazi. Prophet cursed the receiver and payer of the reba, recorder and witnesses to the transaction. And said they are all alike, in sinfulness. Interest-free economies. Since there has not been any true interest-free, modern Islamic economy and a few places where it is being attempted, the Islamic financial institutions, if he hereafter, are moving rather closer to the conventional banking practices. Note, Dash use of interest regime, to control the demand and supply of the funds slash liquidity levels, which in turn determines the cost of borrowing, seldom yields the desired results, due to several other factors at play, is the chief catalyst in the volatility of the world's, almost all, interest-based economies although the man-made economic management system has gained a high level of sophistication, yet lacks the precision. The primary source of an Islamic economic system is the Holy Quran and Sunnah. Secondary sources include the followings, dash. Aishad, dash true Aishad is both the source and the legal instrument that allows a dynamism to be set in motion at the heart of Islamic law and jurisprudence, closely linked with Quran and Sunnah. Ima, consensus, in its technical dimension, ima means the agreement of all competent jurists in any particular generation, acting as representatives of the community on a point of law. In practice, the ima acts as proof if there is no element of the Qur'an or the sunnah that makes it possible to decide on a case, and could in principle elevate a ruling based on probable evidence to absolute certainty. is analogical reasoning, this technique consists of assigning, based on a common underlying characteristic, the legal ruling of an existing case found in the texts of the Qur'an, sunnah and or to a new case whose legal ruling could not be deduced directly from the scripture and or sunnah. This ruling nevertheless ought to remain within the confines and spirit of the primary sources of Islamic law. Misuse of the concept IMAH. It has been a common practice among Muslim scholars and jurisprudence to claim consensus, IMAH, about almost anything they have given their juristic opinion on. The very use of the word IMAH inspires awe among faithful Muslims. However, the existence of multiple schools of jurisprudence, fiqh, Is not evidence of consensus, but the lack of it. The reality is that there is not even a consensus on the definition of ima. Indeed, it is reported that Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, founder of one of the four orthodox schools, Madhab, made a general assertion whoever claims consensus is a liar. Note, dash, the concepts of higher purchase and lending under Murabaha seem to fall in the same category, for there are many scholars and Islamic financial institutions voicing against these financing modes foundational work, a springboard for the current deviant practices, under the guise of Islamic financing. In the 1930s, Syrian scholar Maruf al-Da'u suggested that the Quran bans interest only on consumption loans, not investment loans, and in the 1940s Egyptian jurist, al churi argued that the Quran sought chiefly to ban interest on interest. A more extreme and recent example is the opinion of the Mufti of Egypt, Sheikh Mohammed Said Tantawi, who in 1989 declared that interest on certain interest-based government investments was not forbidden Reba, because the gain is little different from the sharing of the government's profits from use of the funds or because the bank deposit contract is novel, thus joining the thin ranks of prominent religious figures who have issued Fatawa declaring clear interest practices permissible. This fatwa roused a storm of controversy, with opposition from nearly all traditional religious scholars and warm praise from secular modernizers. Later he went even further, saying that interest-bearing bank deposits are perfectly Islamic, and more so than Islamic accounts that impose disadvantageous terms on the customer. Laws should change the legal terminology used for bank interest and bank accounts to clarify their freedom from the stigma of Reba. Vogel and Hayes, p. 46. Fatwa for Sale. Owen Matthews, How the West Came to Run Islamic Banks, Newsweek, October 31, 2005. While the evolved orthodox position about Reba was not necessarily tainted by worldly considerations, the contemporary IBF discourse does note the debate on fatwas for sale, fatwa wars, etc. Ward, p. 227. It is important to note that the classical orthodox position revolved around Reba, and the modern, contemporary discourse revolves around not merely Reba, but a Reba interest equation. The contemporary Sharia experts serving the IBF industry hardly have anything to say about the political tyranny or concentration of wealth, involving the patrons of the IBF movement. IBF Islamic Banking and Finance. Islamic financial instruments include, musharaka, Mudarabah, Murabaha, Muzawama, Salam, Istazna, taruq, Ijara, and Hasana. Only the relevant financial instruments are discussed in detail. Arguments against lease purchase slash lending. According to Yusuf, the predominance of the Murabaha represents a challenge to the very notion that Islamic finance would provide an alternative to interest-based conventional financial systems. p. 64, Siddiqui went much further to warn the Islamic finance industry, we cannot claim, for an interest-free alternative not based on sharing, the superiority which could be claimed based on profit-sharing. What is worse, if the alternative in practice is built around predetermined rates of return to investable funds, it would be exposed to the same criticism which was directed at interest as a fixed charge on capital. It so happens that the returns on finance provided in the modes of finance based on Murabaha, Bay Salaam, leasing and lending with a service charge, are all predetermined as in the case of interest. Some of these modes of finance are said to contain some elements of risk, but all these risks are insurable and are insured against the uncertainty or risk to which the business being so financed is exposed is fully passed over to the other party. A financial system built solely around these modes of financing can hardly claim superiority over an interest-based system on grounds of equity, efficiency, stability and growth. Siddiqui, 1983, p. 52. It is noteworthy that, contrary to the popular perception of the believing Muslims, murabaha, leasing and lending, may not be, as generally claimed, quite Sharia-compliant. It is heavily criticized or repudiated by many Islamic scholars and by some Islamic financial institutions. Why Western institutions are swarming Islamic banking? Western interest in interest-free banking, is not because the West is convinced about the claimed superiority of Islamic finance-slash-banking in general, and Islamic financial products in particular, but because they don't find any substantive difference between conventional banking and the current practices of Islamic banking, which have shifted away from profit-loss-sharing, PLS-slash-risk-sharing-based transactions to murabaha. It is a vast untapped lucrative market for them, with a clear edge in terms of credibility, experience and capitalization. These banks have found Mudaraba and Musharaka to be inoperable in the modern context. Said, Chapter Murabaha Financing Mechanism, Pages 76-95, Agarwal and Yusuf, p. 106, Vogel and Hayes, p. 7, thus, they quietly disengaged themselves from risk-sharing, musharaka and mutteraba modes and engaged in murabaha, instead. Application of the Doctrine of Mazlaha Mazlaha is a very specific concept, and its definition, its levels, its types, and its conditions require that the ulama, religious scholars, constantly refer back to the revealed sources to be able to formulate judgments in conformity with the Quran and Sunnah, even when there is no specifically relevant text available. They must try by carrying out a thorough and detailed study to provide Muslims with, common good, new banking and financial instruments, guided by Islamic principles and in conformity with Sharia. Presently, this concept is being used and also abused to justify all sorts of new fatwa, even some manifestly in contradiction with obvious proofs from the Quran and the Sunnah, as in the case of rules concerning interest, riba, inheritance and lending under Murabaha. Note, a glaring example of Tafiyan approach, appearing below. Imam Malik referred to the notion of istilah, which meant to seek the good. In his legal research, he, therefore, used the example of the companions, who formulated numerous legal decisions in the light of the common good while respecting the corpus of the sources, to justify the fact that to seek the good, istilah, is one of the fundamentals of the Sharia and so is part of it. It is, however, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali who, with his strict codification, provided the clearest framework for tackling this question from his time to the present. In his Al-Mustasfam in Il-Mal-Asul, he states very precisely, in its essential meaning, Al-Mazlaha is a term which means to seek something beneficial, manfa, or avoid something harmful, madara. What we mean by Mazlaha is the preservation of the objective, ma-k-s-i-d, of the law, shar, which consists of five things, the protection of religion, life, intellect, lineage, and property. Whatever ensures the protection of these five principles, Asul, is Mazlaha, whatever goes against their protection is mafsada, and to avoid it is mazlaha. Al-Ghazali, still referring to the broad meaning of mazlaha, mentions three different types, al daruriyat the imperative, a category which has to do with the five elements of maqayas id al-Sharia, here in the sense of the objectives of the law, listed earlier, al hajiyat the necessary, the complementary, which has to do with the prevention of anything that could be a source of difficulty in the life of the community, without leading to death or destruction and finally al tizaniyat and Al-Kamaliyat, the enhancing and the perfecting, one which concern anything that may bring about an improvement in religious practice. These three levels cover all that can be considered as the Masali, common good, of the human being considered as a person and as a worshipper of God, and this categorization was hardly ever questioned in debate and polemic. One, the only point which could be cited, while ignoring all other parameters, vaguely favoring financing under Mirabaha. Ulama established a typology based on the degree of proximity of al mazlaha to the sources. If al mazlaha is based on textual evidence, i.e., a quotation from the Quran or the Sunnah, it is called Maislaha Mutaburah, accredited, and it must necessarily be taken into account. If, on the other hand, the mazlaha invoked is contradictory to an undisputed text, Naskati, it is called Mulga, discredited, and cannot be taken into account. The third type occurs when there is no text, the Quran and the Sunnah do neither confirm nor reject a mazlaha that became apparent after the Age of Revelation. A mazlaha of this type is called Mursala, undetermined, for it allows the Ulama to use their judgment and personal reasoning to formulate a legal decision in the light of the historical and geographical context, using their best efforts to remain faithful to the commandments and to the letter and spirit of the law. It is this last type that has given rise to much debate and polemic, the analysis is beyond the scope of this study. Suffice it to say here that the main cause of disagreement was the fear, on the part of those opposed to the very concept of al mazlaha al-Mursala, that such a notion, with such broad scope, might then allow the ulama to formulate regulations without reference to the Quran and the Sunnah based on exclusively rational and completely free reasoning, all in the name of a remote hardship or an anticipated difficulty most czarite, Shafi'i, and Malakit ulama did not recognize al mazlaha al-Mursala, for it does not refer back to the sources, as a legal proof they saw it as a specious, wamiya, proof. This was the very same instinctive fear in an approach that is although purely rational but disconnected with the law, that pushed al-Ghazali to restrict work on al-Mazlaha to the area of the application of quayya's, analogy, which, of its nature, requires a close link with the text for the deduction of the cause, illa, on which analogical reasoning rests. Note, dash higher purchase and lending under Murabaha, therefore, contravenes the second rule of Mazlaha as well as the third rule, by not fulfilling the referring back to the source requisite. Hence being spurious, wamiya, in nature, becomes clearly impermissible. Famous 14th century Hanbali jurist Najam al-Din al-Tufi ended up giving al-Mazlaha priority over texts from the Quran and the Sunnah, which, according to him, should be applied, according to Mamasani, only to the extent that the common good does not require anything else. Currently, we see very strange modern Islamic legal decisions based on modern Mazlaha al-Mursala that are manifestly contradictory to the sources. The misuse of al-Mazlaha al-Mursala thus sometimes seems to justify the strangest behavior, as well as the most obscure commercial dealings, financial commitments, and banking investments, under the pretext that they protect, or could or should protect, the common good. Common good Famous 14th-century renowned scholar of Grenada, al shatibi First of the proponents of the doctrine of al Mazlaha al Mursal, who stipulated the precise conditions for common good to be considered as a reliable judicial source, restricting its application, preventing ulama from resorting to Maslaha without justification. There is a general agreement of the scholars, both for and against al Mazlaha al Mursalah, on the precise definition stipulated by al Shitabi for common good. Without going into too much detail, we may summarize the three generally recognized main conditions for situations when it is sure that no text has been enunciated. The analysis and identification must be made with serious attention so that we may be sure that we have before us an authentic hakikiya, and not an apparent or spurious. Wamiya. The scholar must reach a high degree of certainty that the formulation of an injunction will avoid difficulty and not do the opposite and increase problems in the context of the Islamic legal structure. The mazlaha must be general, khalya, and be beneficial to the population and society as a whole, and not only to one group or class or individual. The mazlaha must not be in contradiction to or conflict with an authentic text from the Quran or the Sunnah. If it were, it would no longer be a mazlaha mursala but would be a mazlaha mulga. What is clear from the above three conditions that it is the supremacy of the Quran and the Sunnah over all other references and legal instruments. Dr. Yusuf Ali Karadawi rightly recalls, taking up the ideas of Al-Ghazali, Ibn al-Qayyim and Al-Shittabi, that everything found in the Quran and the Sunnah is, in itself, in harmony with the good of humankind in general, for the Creator knows and wants what is best for human beings, and He shows them what they must do to achieve it. We find in the Quran, referring to the revealed message, the Prophet, who will enjoin upon them the doing of what is right and forbid them the doing of what is wrong, and make lawful for them the good things and forbid the bad things of life, and lift from them their burdens and the shackles that were upon them, aforetime. They ask you about wine and gambling. Say, in them is great sin and, yet, some, benefit for people. But their sin is greater than their benefit. And they ask you what they should spend. Say, the excess, beyond needs. Thus, Allah makes clear to you the verses, of Revelation, that you might give thought. Q. 2-219. If the conditions stipulated for common good are, manifestly proclaimed, Qadi al-Thubat wa qadi al dalala in the Qur'an and or the Sunnah, they must be respected and applied in the light of an understanding of the whole body of the objectives of Islamic teaching, ma al-Sharia. And we did not send before you any messenger or prophet except that when he spoke, or recited, Satan threw into it, some misunderstanding. But Allah abolishes that which Satan throws in, then Allah makes precise his verses. And Allah is knowing and wise. Q. 2252 The author earnestly hopes and prays that this piece will provide clarity to the people on the issue of Reba, as promised by Allah, and help them choose the right path. Insala. Comment/slash feedback/slash like/slash share/slash follow. Shakir2.wordpress.com